You're listening to Language Nerds to Earth, a podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now it's time to meet your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain. It's Patrice and Rachel. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Patrice. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. We are finally back. Yeah. Super excited about being back. And yes, we have some updates. Mm, indeed. We are on episode number 51. And today is going to be a little bit of a different style episode from what we're used to. It's going to be a quick one just to catch you up on what's going on with us. And also uh, what it's like to be inside China during a really weird time. Yes, indeed. So that is pretty big news. And so let's jump into it then. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about the coronavirus today because I'm in China. Yes, (laughs) it's true. I think there's a lot of um, like rumors going around Western media that's like, if you are in China, then you're probably going to die soon because of coronavirus or COVID-19. Yeah. I don't know. What have you been getting from the Western media? Um, mostly what I've seen has been things about how many cases per day or uh, the types of people that it's affecting more, things like mm-hmm. that. Let's talk a little bit about what it is. I read recently that the name Corona comes from the Latin word for crown, and it's it's named that way because of... If you look at coronavirus, you will see like little spikes around the cell. Right. And so it looks like a crown. And they're not really sure where it's from. It's probably transmitted from bats, but not from bat soup, like one of the rumors that was going around the internet about a month ago. That video of a woman eating bat soup wasn't taken in China. It was taken in Southeast Asia. So there was probably like an intermediary, like an animal ate a bat that was infected with coronavirus and a human consumed that animal. It might have been a pangolin, which is like a little armadillo looking Mm -hmm. thing, which is used pretty often in traditional Chinese medicine. But apparently it's very common for um, humans to accidentally take in a virus that an animal has mm-hmm. and for animals to take in human viruses but it usually doesn't jump by species and so that's oh. what's so scary about the coronavirus is it's a brand new virus that jumped from species to species mm, okay and i actually heard that we can expect more of these kinds of things as we encroach further on habitats in different places from Global warming and uh, human civilization. So that's a little scary. Um, Well, fantastic. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This is the first of many. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me, but it is uh, alarming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit also about the mortality rate. I think that's a thing that also scares a lot of people. Um, because the mortality rate has been around 2.1%. But actually, I would point out that 
the majority, the vast majority of the cases now, it's around 75,000 people who've been diagnosed with coronavirus. And um, the vast majority of the cases have been inside Hubei province, specifically Wuhan, which is Mm -hmm. a major transportation hub of China, which is one reason why it's spreading so easily because people come in and out of Wuhan all the time. Yeah. And Hubei province was not ready, obviously, for a ton of cases of like this pretty bad flu. And um, the result has been that there's been a rather high mortality rate because of the lack of resources in Hubei. Right. Okay. Yeah. Around four to 5% fatality rate. Whereas outside of Hubei, the most recent numbers are inside China, outside Hubei has been 12,646 cases with uh, 93 deaths, which is like 0.007% fatality rate outside of Hubei. Okay. There are better resources. So it's actually not as bad as a lot of uh, scaremongering, I think, has led us to believe. But I think it's the same whenever there is a new type of virus, because I guess people don't exactly know what to expect from it. And it's hard to tell the future, and uh, there isn't any real treatment. Yeah, I mean, they have ways that they've used that work pretty well to treat people, but there hasn't been, like, one single agreed-upon drug, I think. Right. And and it is scary that, like, it can mutate pretty quickly. So when I heard one kind of treatment was, like, they transfuse blood from people who have survived the virus mm. into people who are newly diagnosed. Interesting. Yeah. Another one is, like, an HIV treatment works against it. Hmm. Hopefully there will be a vaccine developed in the next year or so. Yeah. But still, that's pretty far away. That's right. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not the first one of these types of viruses. Uh, SARS is similar, right? It's also kind of a corona. Yeah, SARS was a coronavirus, Mm -hmm. the same kind of cell. And MERS in the Middle East was also a coronavirus. And both of them, like, started in bats and then jumped to humans via a different animal. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and the people who die are usually over 60 with other pre-existing medical conditions. That's obviously not everybody, mm-hmm. but it's also, I've heard that it's usually about one in five cases that are pretty severe. Okay. And the rest are just sort of like a... A flu, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So yeah, that's um, a brief overview about the information on coronavirus. And now the reason we thought it would be kind of cool to talk about it in the first place is because I am experiencing the indirect effects of the coronavirus because I live in China. Exactly. (laughs) And... I'm under quarantine. Yeah. Whoa, this is so crazy. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I think what's so interesting about the situation is the population of China is immense and the number of people affected by the quarantine is so many. It's like basically more than the population of most countries. So, yeah. 
it's half the population of China is under like some kind of quarantine situation. It might be like my quarantine is relatively loose, as in I'm allowed to go outside. I'm allowed to leave my apartment complex more than once every two days. Mm-hmm. Although I have a friend who lives in a complex, and one of the people in a building of her complex was diagnosed with coronavirus, and that building is totally like nobody is allowed to leave their apartment. Okay, the building has been locked from the outside, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's totally. And, like, actually, the person isn't there. Um, The person has gone to a hospital. Mm -hmm. But, like, because there's fear that the people, the other people in the building might be infected or their possessions might be infected, the building has been locked. People aren't allowed to leave unless there's a medical emergency. And the way they get deliveries, because they have to get, like, food and groceries deliveries at least, or the way they get their trash taken out is the security guards come into their building and, like, go to their door for that purpose. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't live in that situation. Like, I... On the other hand, there are a lot of people who are self-quarantining and are terrified to go outside. Uh-huh. That same friend has a roommate who's Chinese, and he does. he has left the house once in two weeks to go grocery shopping. Oh, wow. When he came back, he sprayed everything that he got with disinfectant and, like, wiped it down with a disinfectant wipe. Wow. And, I mean, I, when we go outside, everybody's required to wear masks, um, surgical masks or some kind of mask that... Actually, probably wouldn't do very much if I was around a coronavirus infected person. But <laughs> um, so we have to wear masks. We're under some kind of quarantine. We're not allowed to have friends come over to our apartment. Only no. people who live in the complex are allowed inside. Okay. And most restaurants have been shut down. I think all restaurants have been shut down for the purpose of dining in. I think that's going to change in the next few days because I have heard, although I haven't seen it with my eyes, (laughs) I have heard um, people are dining in in some restaurants. But for the most part, like you go downtown on a Saturday and there is nobody outside. All of the restaurants are just totally shut down and it's like a ghost town. And so what types of things are open? Grocery stores are open. Although when you leave your apartment complex, when you enter the grocery store, you have your temperature checked with a thermometer gun. It looks like a little gun that they hold close to your forehead. Mm-hmm. And they um, get the temperature of your, your body temperature. If you go to a pharmacy, there's a table in front of the pharmacy where you order, you t- you tell the cashier what you want, you tell the pharmacist what you want, and then they bring you your medicine and you pay for it, like, at the table. You're not allowed to enter the pharmacy. Oh, okay. Um, the metro's open. Public transportation is open. But again, everywhere you go, you have your temperature checked. And if you go to the metro, you need to scan a barcode, which is connected to an app, where everybody has already filled in the information about who they are and it tracks like where you've been in the last two weeks. 
And that way, yeah. If you haven't been to an area that's infected, specifically Hubei province, I think that's what they're looking for, you are allowed on the metro and you get like a green check on on the app. Wow. But if you don't, then you're not allowed on the metro. And then what else is open? I think that's pretty much it. You can order food for delivery, for takeout. So some restaurants are open for that. Okay. So it sounds like a very limited number of people are like working at their job location. Definitely. I think the Chinese government is trying to get factories and things like that to start opening up again because the economy is taking a serious hit right now. Yeah. Because nobody is going outside to work. Most people are working from home. I'm teaching online. I'm teaching my class online Mm -hmm. my school has set up an online learning platform a lot of people haven't left their apartment in weeks i think specifically chinese people are getting a lot of messaging that they will die if they go outside basically (laughs) from coronavirus so but it's effective i mean there are no crowds anywhere yeah and there have been zero diagnosed cases of coronavirus in shenzhen in the last two or three days. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. And there's 416 confirmed cases in a city of 13 million people. So, yeah, it's a very, very small number, mm-hmm. which is why I go out and go for a run, <laughs> even with a face mask on. <laughs> like, I'm taking the chance. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. So when are things, when are they saying that things might open again, besides restaurants? Ah, man, Rachel, your guess is as good as mine. I really hope it's soon. Actually, last weekend, out of desperation, we met up with our friends downtown. And a pizza restaurant was open for takeout. So we ordered takeout and we ate the pizza under a bridge with our friends. (laughs) And we we brought two bottles of wine and we just hung out like under this overpass there were like some park service workers sitting under the bridge kind of nearby and they were having a good time and we had a good time (laughs) (laughs) but it was very like surreal you know yeah and i'm sure like without any people it seems so weird (laughs) yeah it's so weird to be downtown on a saturday or a friday night and nobody is doing anything (sighs) But it's way worse in Hubei province. At least we have public transportation Mm -hmm. and taxis. In Hubei province, all of the public transportation is shut down. Unless you can walk somewhere, then you're just, you can't do anything. Do they have taxis too or no? Mm -mm. They're not allowed to take taxis. So what if they get the coronavirus and they're far from a hospital? Um... There are there is medical personnel okay. and ambulances that they can call. But even, I think, in the last few days, they've shut down private cars. Aren't allowed to go anywhere either. Oh yeah. It's hardcore. But they are, like, definitely the area with the worst cases. Mm-hmm. Yesterday in Hubei province, there were an additional 50 people diagnosed. So... It's getting better, but at one of the worst times, it was like almost a thousand people diagnosed in one day on February 3rd. Wow. Yeah. 
and they built a hospital in a week and yeah. they've converted a lot of different places into like places with hospital beds but there was a story about a chinese actor and his whole family both of his parents and he died um from coronavirus because there weren't any hospital beds for them Whoa. and so they just were told to like take it home and see if they can get better and that's been a big problem there too like people go home and then they're in their community right and then they spread the infection wow yeah but you got to think like if this was the time of well like basically most previous times in the history of the world like i bet it would be spreading it'd be like the next plague or something maybe right well and i think if it had ha- if it had started anywhere else in the world then it would have spread more quickly because only the chinese government can say okay now at least half the population you're not going anywhere <laughs> we're just shutting down the entire country you know yeah like in the us i feel like we would be like we want the freedom to get coronavirus if we feel like it after like a week of quarantine <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's true. And I think the other thing that's been really frustrating about the spread of coronavirus has been the xenophobia that's come out of the woodworks because of Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I read an article recently about a woman who was on a metro in Paris wearing a face mask, and she got, like, bullied off the carriage because... People thought she was an Asian with coronavirus. And yeah, and that's like, if, if an Asian has coronavirus, they're not going, they're not going to be on the metro in Paris. Yeah. Let me just say that much. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And, it, and it's also like, I understand not wanting to spread the virus around the world with flights, but canceling flights into and out of the mainland like, all over the world is also, like, it's, like, a measure that's never been seen before. And it wasn't taken with H1N1 as well, Mm. which was in the U.S. So, I don't know. It's been really interesting to see the way people react to the coronavirus compared to what was done with H1N1. Right. Which was more deadly. I feel like the world was kind of, like, already really suspicious of china yeah from like decades of people being like watch out for china they're gonna take over their world with the economy and then like the second something goes really wrong in china they're like see we told you china was bad yeah i don't know that's just the feeling i get that's interesting coming i'm a little salty about the flights coming back from china (laughs) well my husband and i went to egypt for Chinese New Year, mm-hmm. and our flights kept getting canceled into China. Like, it was comical. <laughs> and how long did it take you to get back? It took about an extra two days to get back. <laughs> well. So we were flying out of Egypt into Istanbul, and we had, like, an 18-hour layover in Istanbul, and we were going to fly... F- from Istanbul to Beijing, and then Beijing to Shenzhen. So luckily we got a Turkish tourist visa before the trip, which you have to to apply for 
like a few weeks in advance. Okay. And Istanbul, by the way, amazing city. <laughs> we loved it so much. So we were flying on Saturday, and I found out on Thursday afternoon that our flight to Beijing was canceled with Turkish Airlines, which I kind of felt like it was coming because a lot of airlines at this point were canceling their trips. It was like the first Saturday in February. Mm -hmm. So I called Turkish Airlines as soon as I got the email and they were like, oh, it's cool. No problem. Like, we'll just reroute you to Hong Kong instead. And I was like, okay, great. So instead of going through Beijing, we're going to go straight to Hong Kong and then we can take the ferry to the mainland which is really convenient. The port for the ferry is right like a mile away from our apartment. But then I get to the airport and they were like, sorry, uh, we can't reroute you to Hong Kong because there's something wrong with the system. So you'll have to do it when you get to Istanbul. So we go to Istanbul and they're like, it's February 2nd. They're like, the next flight to Hong Kong is on February 7th. And we're like, Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So we got rerouted to Bangkok instead. And that was sooner. That was, on, that was like on the 4th. And so then we bought a flight to Shenzhen from Bangkok. And then about 24 hours before our flight to Shenzhen, while we were still in Istanbul, I got an email like, surprise, which wasn't really a surprise. Your flight to Shenzhen has been canceled. <laughs> like, Damn it. So then I bu I bought a brand new flight to Hong Kong from Bangkok. Then it was okay. So yeah, we spent we spent an extra night in Bangkok and an extra night in Istanbul. Okay. Which was really cool. So yeah, that's been my experience with the coronavirus. It's a lot more legs of your travel as well. Yeah. But it was kind of nice actually to break up the trip. Like the, besides the fact that it was extra stressful, mm -hmm. it was nice to like okay, now we're spending another night in Istanbul and we get to see the city. And okay, we just got off a nine-hour flight from Bangkok into Bangkok. Like, we'll sleep in Bangkok for a night and then get up for a flight to Hong Kong instead of like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. You're on a plane for 24 hours total. And that's been my experience with coronavirus. Thanks for sharing and updating those of us outside of China. Yeah. Well, you have some students in China, yeah? Yeah, most of my students are in China, but we don't spend a lot of time like talking about what's exactly going on. They just every day are like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. Yeah, my students are bored too. They haven't gone outside in weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be rough for kids. Right, totally. And I think parents are extra cautious about their kids. Like, my kid's not going outside. Yeah. So, which is fair. But anyway, next time we'll have a, a full episode with the content that you love. <laughs> We're gonna talk about hiking while traveling, yeah? Yeah. Well, I hope everybody has a wonderful week and we will be back and I love you. <laughs> and we're super excited. Yes, we're excited to be back. Oh, and I see you on Facebook, like in our page. I see you. Yeah. Those extra likes. <laughs> so make sure that if you like us, you also like us on iTunes because that's where we get all the street cred, guys, <laughs> for the reviews. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. 
see you next week. All Thank right. you for listening. Thanks. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.